Hey, Podcast Brunch Club. A quick message before we begin. I just want to thank our organizational partner, Listen Notes, the best podcast search engine. If you're an individual or an organization and you want to support the amazing listener community, think about becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash podcast brunch club. everyone. Welcome to the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. Let's just jump right into it. Um, This month, Sarah and I are talking about the podcast playlist on artificial intelligence. You can find that playlist at podcastbrunchclub.com slash artificial dash intelligence. And I'm here with Sarah Da Silva, my co-host on the podcast and founder of Audible Feast. Hey, Sarah. Hello. So I know you interviewed Max from The Guardian Science Weekly, and I interviewed Rose Eveleth from Flash Forward. What are your thoughts on AI? Did you get any good nuggets out of them? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I thought, you know, actually, I thought AI, artificial intelligence is like this topic that if I thought about it by myself, I don't even know if I would have very developed thoughts or like Mm -hmm. ideas. However, even just talking about it with Max, I felt like I was learning a lot and I don't know, it's a it's a little bit like um the the blockchain stuff. Like I feel like mm-hmm. it's hard to understand something that you don't have any personal background with developing or using per se. Yeah. And yeah. So I thought it was a really great topic for a podcast brunch club because this will prompt me to talk with talk about this with actual other humans rather than just listen to it in my ears yeah. and then think about it myself and then like I'll just get so much more out of it by talking with other people about AI. Yeah. Maybe we'll have some robots at the AI club meeting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also thought that I th- I believe my only known experience with AI is at work, we were trying to, we were investigating whether we could use a bot to help automate something. Mm-hmm. And it was like a process thing that we were trying to automate. We were trying to reduce the manual touches of something that was really right. tedious. And so my previous experience with artificial intelligence personally was very positive. I was thinking, oh, this could be very helpful. I yeah. My job is like a process improvement kind of job. So I thought, this is really cool, but I don't know. I'm not so sure anymore after listening to the episodes. Yeah. I mean, I think that you probably have had a lot more experience with AI than you even realize because, no. you know, like I I do sometimes I do those online chats with um, if I need customer service or whatever. And yeah. I think sometimes those are bots and even Siri is a bot and, you know, Alexa and all the little, mm-hmm. you know smart speakers that are prevalent today and um, all of that stuff. I think I don't I think a lot of people just think artificial intelligence and immediately maybe go to robots. Right. You know, like 
actual physical moving around talking to you robots like Westworld. Mm -hmm. But there's I think it's everywhere now and you're probably you're probably interacting with it a lot more than you realize and a lot more than I realize, you know, just just don't know. It's all Mm -hmm. on the back end and you don't see it and you would never know. And I guess the people who develop it would say like those are the best kind, the ones that you don't know are bots because they're doing their job and making you actually believe that they're humans. I've actually been told, it's funny, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I've been told because I respond to every single person who signs Mm -hmm. up for the newsletter on Podcast Brunch Club. And that's a lot of people, but I need to introduce them to the chapter leader and I have to do all this stuff. So I have like a pretty standard email that I have and I... I change a couple of details in every email and I make sure, you know, but it's always a personal email for me. And I've been told that people think that's a bot. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so nice if you could have have that automated for you. That would be amazing. <laughs> It'd still be personal. Right. I think the behind the scenes aspect of it is the thing that is makes me nervous, mm-hmm. you know, that um, like behind the scenes of any bot also, there's still a person, there's still programming that's involved. And Max and I talked about this a little bit, that there's bias involved there or there's intent Mm -hmm. or, you know, Mm -hmm. choice. And I don't know, it's still like the bot programming or artificial intelligence programming is still at the at the mercy, I guess, of the person who's creating it. So and there aren't really like necessarily checks and balances on that. There could be within a company, I guess, an individual company could take the corporate responsibility to mm-hmm. make sure that there is minimized bias but i just don't right. see people doing that because the companies want to make money so right. that's yeah. not really necessarily advantageous to them yeah it's pretty crazy just to think about all of the all of the possibilities like you know actually do you ever watch black mirror no okay so i have only watched one episode and it's not because I didn't like it. I did. And it was all about how essentially it was this world where bots had sort of, I mean, they didn't say this, but I assume bots had like taken all the jobs, right? All that, that fear of you don't, nobody has a job, but the job of like regular everyday people was to sit on, sit on like a stationary bike all day and just pedal and feed the grid. Oh my gosh. And that was the job. And so turning human energy into like, you know, transferring it to the grid so that it could power the world. And each person lived in this little kind of dorm room, practically, that was all very digital. So like all the windows were digital, and there was a big TV. And for every minute or whatever that you pedal, you get, you don't get money, you get coins or points, like these artificial points that you could use to skip commercials or um I don't know do different things and part of it was like this reality show thing that that's what everybody actually watched so there's other this other group of people who uh that are not just regular everyday people they're sort of the reality show stars and I can't they are on screen and supposedly living this glamorous life and you can like send them things with your points and buy them things and skip commercials and do all sorts of stuff. And it was just sort of horrifying and like oddly believable. So I was just like, this is crazy. I don't know. I I, I loved the show, but it was hard to watch because it was believable and scary as hell. 
Wow, that sounds crazy. I will have to check that out. I also really liked the flash forward episode, and I had never thought about education and artificial intelligence and the potential for that to have a negative impact. I think that was ge- generally the the slant of that mm-hmm. episode was that you know people, kids especially, still need that teacher. They need a, and they didn't, they, it was so funny. I loved when they interviewed the kids and they were like, Do you, would you want a robot for a teacher? And they were like, no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> I want, I love my teacher. It was yeah. so sweet. That's really sort of appalling actually that people would be like, yeah, we should replace teachers with robots. Cause that's like saying that there's nothing valuable that teachers bring yeah, and that a robot can't just be somehow trained to bring. And I'm sort of appalled by that yeah but I also interviewed her so she'll be either she already her episode has already dropped or it will drop soon and she had a lot of really interesting feedback on on the whole education robots and education we had some you know I have a background a little bit in education and I have my own kind of thoughts and probably not all right because I haven't actually worked in the field for a long time but she's done so much research around it and Mm -hmm. You know, and she also, maybe this is a good segue, she answered the question about, uh, you know, the, the the community question, the conversation starter question this month was what excites you or scares you about AI? And she had a great answer. So I'm not going to spoil it for you because we're going to play <laughs> it in a second, but it was really good. But what was what scares you or excites you about AI? I think the thing that scares me the most is not knowing who's behind programming it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's kind of like a technology that you a lot of people don't understand. So therefore, that means to me, there's less diversity in the people that are creating it becomes almost like this like elite thing that Mm -hmm. only only a select group of people can control what the what the technology does. So I don't like that. That scares me. But what excites me is I do think that there are a lot of things that we do that I wish that we didn't have to pay people to do certain things that, Mm. you know, that it would be wonderful to pay people to do things where they use their brains and where they could, you know, feel that they were advancing. And I guess, sure, there's some people that want to do jobs that are um, repetitive, but that just screams unhappiness to me to uh, mm-hmm. with a lot of the people that I've met, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, that excites me, being able to yeah. change the type of work that people do so that it's more meaningful. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm scared about just, you know, what I don't know and mm-hmm. what is behind all of, you know, who's behind it, what are the sort of biases behind the technologies or the AI I I would be using in the future. But I'm I'm excited about things like and I I can only think like about the things that I know. But things like I'm one of those weirdos who am is I'm really excited about autonomous vehicles. Okay. I cannot wait. I think it's going to make first of all, I think the amount of space that we use for sleeping cars is ridiculous. And it's just completely inefficient and the time that we spend in our cars at least I spent a lot of time in my car. And while I have found podcasts to take up that time, so it makes it not as miserable, I could just see that time just used better by people in general. 
But I'm also like, I also take it to like the really, really far extreme, like AI, right? So what happens when like robots can do almost every job? Almost every job. Let's not say every single job. I mean, that's, is it just that like we don't work and we have universal basic income somehow? Or is it that each individual has a proxy robot, like an, a, so I would have mm-hmm. my robot and I would mm-hmm. send it out into the world to have it do a job. And I could invest in that robot just like I could invest in myself or I could download other programs, maybe other languages or whatever, or other skills. And I would have to invest in that robot and then put take, put it out in the workforce that would work for me and bring me back money. Cause you know, and Obviously, like it's a it's the same as, you know, me going out into the workforce. I might make money and then I have to decide how to invest that money. Either I invest it back in me by either, you know, re-educating myself or doing some sort of leisure activity or whatever. I have to figure out what my return on investment is gonna be. And I think about that as like kind of an interesting, somewhat exciting future for for AI, you know, just like the ability to but again, I think that, that even that future is gonna be so you know, it's going to be about all about the haves and the haves and have nots because it's mm-hmm. what can you afford and, the, you know, what sort of base model can you afford? And, you know, even if people who are underprivileged could afford it, it would be a different type of thing. And so I think all of the inequalities that exist today yeah, would exist then. So, but it is kind of an interesting future to imagine because I, you know, a lot of people just think, I don't know, people think work is their just for the sake of work. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't. If I don't have to work, I don't want to work. I think there's work I can do that's not, and and I would do, but it's not like the same model that we're using now, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm working for somebody and they are paying me. Um, and I, you know, hope that I feel valued, but most of the time don't feel valued. So like, I would rather put my time into things that do give me that return that is, less about money and maybe more emotional, but I can't, you know, just, I just think it definitely would change the world of work. Yeah. Well, I guess I hope that that would mean that it would have more people in helping professions and people professions, you know, those things that, um, require human. Yes. And those things are so underpaid right now. Hopefully, you know, that could, maybe that could prompt a shift that we have to have humans for the, for some things. And right. you're not going to have a human psychiatrist or a psychologist. So, I mean, right. a robot psychologist. And God knows we're still going to need those. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's hear what others from the community thought. Hi, this is Rose. I'm the host and producer of Flash Forward. And the thing that excites and scares me the most about AI is not the technology itself, but the humans who are going to be using it. As with most things, uh, it can be used for good and for ill. And I see a lot of really cool applications, things like art and music and insights into science and insights into huge data sets. But I also see people using it for things that I would classify as dystopian. I think that for me, the exciting and scary thing about AI is not AI itself, but instead the human beings that will use it and the ways that they might use it. And, you know, humans are complicated and scary and messy and often not the best. Um, So that's, I guess, my answer. 
Hi, Podcast Brunch Club. This is Stephanie from the Virtual Expats Podcast, where we investigate the parallel between our geographic selves and our virtual selves. So, okay, what excites and scares you most about artificial intelligence? I just read AI Superpower by Kai Feng Li, and I think he does a really good job of doing like a chronological perspective of uh, artificial intelligence. He also really lays out how China has embraced artificial intelligence in some ways that some Western countries have not. There's a lot of fear around AI, and I really prefer to take his objective approach. I also heard a lot of folks talking about how with artificial intelligence taking over the menial jobs that we do, that creativity and more challenging aspects of the workplace will be the more popular and the more rewarded jobs. And that, that's what I'm looking forward to, is us doing something meatier with ourselves. Hello, it's Max Sanderson here. I am an audio producer at The Guardian. And what excites me most about AI isn't probably the thing that excites most people. I think there are lots of exciting applications in there. It's going to allow us to do lots of incredible things. But I'm slightly biased. I did a neuroscience degree. I'm very interested in psychology. And so the thing that excites me most about AI is weirdly what it's going to tell us about what it means to be human. It's going to tell us about how we make the decisions we make. It's going to tell us about why we make the decisions we make. It's going to tell us about why we act the way we do. You know, something like visual categorization. How is it that we know that a dog is a dog even though we've never seen that specific dog before or we've never even seen that specific breed of dog before and and these are things that AI is sort of grappling with and because AI is grappling with it sometimes successfully sometimes not it's kind of giving us an insight into how we as humans achieve it and that's all the way up to to ethics is the, is the famous one how do we put ethics into a driverless car and in order to answer that question, we have to really understand how it is that we make ethical decisions. So I think that's the thing that I find most exciting about AI. Hi, everyone. My name is Michaela Smiley. I work at Mozilla, the nonprofit behind the Firefox browser, and I lead strategy for the IRL Online Life is Real Life podcast. I'm so delighted that our Bot or Not IRL episode is being featured in the podcast Brunch Club. Personally, when I think about artificial intelligence, I'm excited by what it could unlock for our world's future. I read a book a few years back called Abundance, The Future is Better Than You Think, by Peter Diamandis and Stephen Kotler. While not about AI specifically, the book covered the idea of technology being a resource unlocking entity. I'll read a passage from the book. History is littered with tales of once rare resources made plentiful by innovation. The reason is pretty straightforward. Scarcity is often contextual. Imagine a giant orange tree packed with fruit. If I pluck all the oranges from the lower branches, I am effectively out of accessible fruit. But once someone invents a piece of technology called a ladder, I've suddenly got new reach. Problem solved. Technology is a resource liberating mechanism. It can make the once scarce now abundant. Okay, so when it comes to AI, I see it as a resource unlocking entity. What if AI could help make resources like water or sunlight or even the internet itself more accessible to more people? Or what if AI could make information more readily available for the humans that are working on curing cancer or identifying the best ways that we can protect our environment? This is already happening and it's real innovation. In this way, AI has the potential to benefit our world, 
our societies, and humanity overall. I hope you enjoy the IRL podcast. Thank you so much again. If you do enjoy the podcast, please feel free to check out more episodes at IRLpodcast.org. And to learn more about Mozilla and all of the work that we do to champion a citizen-centric internet, check out Mozilla.org. Okay, welcome back. We hope you enjoyed those community commentary clips from our listeners. And as you know, every time we have a podcast brunch club meeting, we always diverge and talk about something totally unrelated to the theme, but still related to podcasts. So um, actually, next month, we are actually diverging as a podcast brunch club and doing something different. So Adela, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So we decided that rather than doing a thematic podcast playlist like we do every month, we are going to do a deep dive into one podcast. And I kind of just left it open the way that I, got, I we came to the podcast that we will be featuring. I will tell you what that is in a second, is that I started in the Podcast Brunch Club leaders group. We have about 60 chapters now, and we have this small, really dedicated group of people. And I said, okay, this is what what I want to do. What? Let's get a short list together. So what are the podcasts that you would recommend? I compiled all of those into a spreadsheet, sent it out to the group, and then they voted. And I took the top three that they voted on and put a poll together for the larger uh PBC community. And I put the poll on Facebook. So if you are not a Facebook group member, go ahead and um, join because it's you'll get to weigh in on, you know, on what we're going to listen to and put for you always can put forward your recommendations if we have a theme coming up. So I would definitely recommend you do that. And the one that we are going to listen to is called Last Scene from WBUR in the Boston Globe. And it is all about the art heist of the Gardner Museum that happened, Sarah, help me out here, the 80s? Uh, yes. 90s? Oh, no, uh, yeah. 1990, 1990, maybe, I think. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. And it's never been solved. And there are all these kind of crazy characters and crazy theories of just totally different storylines. And so we're going to listen to that. I don't even think it's finished yet. So no. it's definitely current. Hopefully they will wrap up by December because that's when we are going <laughs> to have our chapter meetings. But even if not, there's a lot to talk about. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited for this because I am really into this show and um, I'm current with it. And that is um, kind of difficult for me to stay current with the serial type of shows where there's a new episode every week. But it's one of those where I move it to the top of my list every week. So I, as soon as I see the episode come out, I move it to the top of the list. So I'm pumped because I'm probably going to listen to it again when we do the deep dive in wow. December. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. It's really different. It's interesting. It's yes, it's a it's about crime, but it's about art crime. You know, it's not a gory. You know, yeah, you know, whatever. Right. Not bloody, violent, whatever. So. Oh, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. So I cannot wait. And of course, ever since we decided on that we were going to do this deep dive, now I've been thinking of all of these podcasts that would be so good for this. And of course, we can't do all of them. <laughs> right. But, it's hard, um, but. <laughs> but I try to, I try to, I try to 
pepper in a binge listen every once in a while. And one of the ones that I've been listening to lately is called uh, The Dream. Have you listened to this one at all? No, but I've heard of it. Okay. So The Dream is about multi-level marketing. And it's kind of, I I would say it probably describes itself as just an investigative podcast about multi-level marketing. Um. So what is uh, multi-level marketing? <laughs> so that's like, is it like di- that chain thing where it's like the direct sales people? stuff. Yeah. It's like the, some of the examples, they talk a lot in the, in the podcast about this com- makeup company called Limelight. Okay. But other ones that are really popular, there's LuLaRoe. That's really popular. That's the leggings thing that kind of um, has had some issues in the last couple of years. Even just Tupperware, I believe, is still mm-hmm. it's that's one of the original, one of the earlier models. Amway, thirty one, Avon or Mary Kay, yep. are mm-hmm. those okay. all of that stuff okay. where it's you know it's a one it's like a one individual like salesperson, but then they have their people that work under them, and so I guess the the thing about the show that they that they keep hitting over and over and over is that. You cannot expect to make any money if you do MLM business model mm-hmm. because most of them are so saturated and they've been around long enough that unless you kind of get in in the ground ground floor and then you recruit all of these other people to work under you, you're you're going to be putting out so much money and there's all of these hidden costs. Like this is the thing that I find really fascinating that I think people don't think about is it doesn't cost it you know obviously it costs you to buy the product and have it in stock and whatever and you don't you only you know make a certain percentage off of whatever you sell but in addition to buying the product you also have to like sign up for booths at places or you need to get materials to have some kind of like display mm. these things are not free and then there's even more kind of embedded hidden costs in what if you need to have childcare um, because you need to go to a, an all-day Saturday thing and, you know, you need help. Um, the driving around, the the gas back and forth, these p- places that you need to go, ho- hosting the parties. Like, do you have to spend money to host a party at someone's house? Or does that person host the parties? So there's just so many, like, costs that are right. hidden that people just – of course, they don't want you to think that when you're <laughs> signing up. They're like, oh, you're going to make so much money, extra side cash. So I don't know. It's really fascinating to me. Okay. Well, maybe we'll put that on the list, on the short list, and you can vote on it. But I do want to mention to everybody who's listening that if this is well-received, that we'll do it again. I'll try to potentially do it quarterly or every four months, but I need to hear back from you. So email me. Adela at podcastbrunchclub.com or DM me on Twitter or Facebook message me, whatever. But I definitely want to hear back on whether or not this works because if it's good, then we could keep doing it. If it's not good, then I don't want to keep doing it, right? So (laughs) I need to know. Listen to the people. Yes, I want to listen to the people. Any other recommendations, Sarah? I know you've been doing a lot of of listening. Yeah, I also, let's see, lately... I really enjoyed, there was something from the BBC, it was out in October, and the whole the whole series is out already. It was from, it was called Intrigue, and it was about, it was called Intrigue, colon, The Rat Line. Um, oh, and that was, I started listening to that. Yeah, that was about a um, World War II era Nazi who escaped, and what his story was 
and how he stayed in touch with his wife and his family. They met and they had these like trysts in the Alps and stuff. And like, it's an insane story. Um, so that was pretty the interesting. The reporter, the twist, right, is the reporter who's doing it is a, his grandfather was potentially killed by this guy or something, right? I don't remember. Yeah, there's some weird sort of twist where the reporter who's, you know, digging into the story and actually making friends with this, you know, let's call him an alleged Nazi, I guess. He, his grandfather perished in the Holocaust Mm -hmm. and came from a town that this guy was Mm -hmm. in charge of. And he makes this weird sort of friendship. Again, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but I do know that that's part of it. Yeah, yeah it. I I really enjoyed it. I think at first, the first couple episodes, I I uh, listened to separately, and then I was like, oh, I need a little break from this. But then mm-hmm. once I pu- picked it back up, I that was one that I binged straight through. So I yeah. really liked that one. And I also, you know, there's a, a bevy of sports related podcasts out right now, which I really like. I like sports st- storytelling. I feel like there's so many like big personalities and. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, usually a lot of money involved and, you know, crazy, like cheating on wives and stuff like that. So anyway, <laughs> I really enjoyed Carruth and that mm-hmm. was from the Charlotte Observer. And that was about Ray Carruth, a Carolina Panthers player who was involved in the shooting of his pregnant girlfriend. So mm-hmm. that was a, that was a really good one. I really enjoyed that yeah. one. I listened to that one too. And I just want to like, oh my God, the woman's mother, the woman who, spoiler, I guess, who died, the mm-hmm. girlfriend, is amazing. She's yeah. just, wow, wow. Like a very strong person, but like, I mean, I guess you have to be strong when you go through that, but it's just, you know, the the graciousness and the grace and the, yep, and the, just everything was very Forgiveness. Moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I've woman. been listening to yeah. I've also been listening to Gladiator. Have you been? Yes, I have. I'm really enjoying that also. About Aaron Hernandez, who recently committed suicide in prison. It's a pretty intense story. Yes, it is. Like that is not um the the National Football League here in the United States is not probably gonna appreciate that podcast too much. <laughs> no. Very interesting. Yeah. I w- did want to bring up that one of the podcasts on the play on the on the short list that we voted on was the one about Natalie Wood, mm-hmm. and it's called the Fatal Voyage. It's all about Natalie Wood's death. She, I think, they ruled it an accident for years and years, and there's more evidence that's come to light that may point the finger at her husband, her famous husband, um, Robert Wagner, and who was on the boat when she drowned, and also. God, why am I blanking on all names? Christopher yeah. Walken. Yes, who was also on the boat. Um, so yeah, I I listened to that and I have to, I don't like to be negative, but I have to say that I was not a fan of the way that the reporter was. Like the story is really interesting for sure, but the way that the reporter reported on it was just extremely disappointing to me. I mean, very much, I very much felt like I was, being led. And I guess most reporters and most stories like this, probably you are being led, but it's a little less obvious. Like they are presenting the facts, not just being like, well, isn't that interesting that this happened while this happened? You know, like very much like mm-hmm. reading me a murder mystery kind of thing. Yeah. 
and not presenting the facts in a way that felt unbiased. I listened to the whole thing, but I got very annoyed by it. <laughs> but, you know, everybody loved, you know, that's kind of the beauty of Podcast Brunch Club and what we're doing is that like different people like different things. And this is an opportunity for us to listen even to sometimes things that we're not interested in or think we're not interested in and then find out, oh, it totally. was interesting. Or even just kind of like really kind of understanding your own tastes. Like it's important to kind of sometimes listen to things that you don't enjoy and then try and think about why don't you enjoy them so that you can figure out where to guide yourself in your own podcast discovery, you know? I think that's an excellent point. And I try to listen to new stuff all the time that – it's just someone's random recommendation or I find it. I find a lot of things. I listen via Radio Public. I know that's not a super popular podcast listening app, but I really like the Radio Public because free plug here, Radio Public, because there are recommendations kind of on the front page and you can mm -hmm. see what's new, what has a new season, et cetera. And I always find something on there every week, every time it's updated. I have a feeling our friend of the Podcast Brunch Club, Mayan, is the person that updates yes. those. She's the librarian. librarian the podcast librarian. Yeah. Which is like dream job. Oh God, sounds like the best job. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, I always find something there and it's, and I just like look at it and see, oh, does it seem interesting? And it could be about, it could be audio fiction or sci-fi mm -hmm. fiction, whatever. I just try something new. Just try one episode. It's not going to hurt me. And nine times out of 10, I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know if I would like this, but I like it. And yeah, but like you said, I, I haven't, I only listened to the first two episodes of that fatal voyage, but I, I thought it was like, okay. It wasn't anything that necessarily I needed to binge listen to. Um, I might listen to the rest of it. I'm interested because so many people in our podcast brunch club poll recommended it so um. you know and here's the thing about that like I've been thinking about that a little bit is like most likely the people who voted for it didn't listen you know and that's totally fair uh. because you know you're you're probably voting for it based on the description alone and right. that's fine and that's the difference between how we usually do things and this and next month December in that when we curate a podcast playlist for like a regular thematic curated podcast playlist, the people listen to the episodes that end up on the playlist, right? So mm -hmm. they've vetted them. There are There is some vetting happening there. Whereas this, this sort of new method, I don't think people are going to like, we're not going to probably listen. Maybe not everybody who votes is going to, I mean, probably the minority will listen, but right. So that's definitely another thing to think about as we maybe hone this idea. And if you have thoughts, again, email me, you know, in that we might, it might sound really great on paper. And then when you start listening, it's just horrible. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe we, maybe I need to think about how to build in a vetting process. And, but I don't want to be that person that vets it because I don't like everything that everybody likes. And I right. feel like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be one person probably that's yeah. vetting it. Maybe it's a, a small group and I can see if anybody wants to volunteer to pre listen and, and say, and vote yay or nay on a, on an episode before it go, or on a podcast before it goes onto this, the poll. Yeah. It, it's definitely I, it's tricky. I need to think through. It is tricky, but I also think I really like I'm I, I've said this before on this podcast is that <laughs> I am often the person in my podcast brunch club that it's like, what? You guys loved that? I did not like that at all. Yeah. Or vice versa. They're all like, yeah. that was so boring. And I'm like, no, it was so interesting. And I I like that kind of ability to 
disagree. And I mean, that that is definitely very important part of Podcast Brunch Club for me is that wondering, like, am I going to go to this meeting and are people going to be like, oh, my God, this was the worst list ever or, oh, my God, this is the best list ever. And right. I don't It's kind of fun. It's like a, you know. Yeah. There's not much that's a surprise to us anymore these days. So yeah. that's kind of nice. That's true. But again, it's like one of those things where like somebody listened to every podcast that's on the playlist right now. So at least they liked it. We know that at right. least one person liked it. And the way that we did it this month or next month, I guess, December, is that, you know, no, I don't I didn't listen. I listened to a couple episodes of of Serial. And that's mm-hmm. why I voted for Serial because I, I had sort of like been like, OK, well, I definitely think there's discussion worthy stuff here. So it's hard, though, because Again, it's just different on paper. And yeah. at least there's one. So if there's one person embedding it, even if it's just one person listening to it and saying this, sh- I want this on the list, then, you know, most likely their tastes aren't totally unique. There's going to be others in the group that mm-hmm. agree. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're getting at least something that somebody likes. Right. Whereas this, if nobody ever listened to any of the podcasts that are in the poll, yeah. I worry that it's just like not vetted at all. Right. And- we might end up with some major duds, but you never know. <laughs> Even still, like we'll just we'll roll with it. We'll I'm excited it out. for the experiment. I think it's going to be super fun, and hopefully, it'll introduce people to this show if they didn't know about it already. Um, that's that's always that's always what we want, right? We want to share things with people that yeah. they would have maybe not listened to otherwise, and get them thinking about it. So it will right. definitely accomplish that for sure. Before we wrap up, I have one update. So last weekend, we are recording on what, the 14th of November, I went to DC PodFest and I actually got to meet some awesome people. Like I met Josh Hallmark from Our Americana. I had talked to him a couple of times on the phone, but I met him in person, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. I met Shannon from our Shanghai chapter. I've already met her, but I got to see her again, which was awesome. She works cool. for Podbean. And so she came to the conference and I met Emily who is our Connecticut chapter leader. I also met Sarah Werner-Schwartz, for any of you audio drama fans. She is the uh, creator of Girl in Space. But Emily, let's go back to Emily. Emily is our chapter leader of our Connecticut chapter. She's awesome, and she has her own podcast called The Story Behind. And it's these. It's a great podcast. It's It, it kind of falls into the history podcast, but also like kind of the quirky history podcast because it's the story behind and then fill in the blank. So I'm looking at her feed right now and she's got the story behind band books, the story behind hairspray, the story behind the teddy bear, the story behind roller coasters. And they're all, I would say like averaging around nine to 10 minutes. And she was approached by a publisher, a book publisher who wanted to turn her podcast into a book which is so cool. They, It's like these sort of, there's definitely stuff in the book that's not in the podcast. So it's not a complete redo. But so she gave me a copy of her book and I am going to raffle it off. Awesome. So for anybody, yeah. So I'm, I haven't decided exactly how I'm going to do this, but I will probably include a raffle link somewhere in the next newsletter. So if you are not subscribed, you should go to podcastbrunchclub.com and find the newsletter, just subscribe to the newsletter, or find your uh, the chapter that you want to join and subscribe to that one. I will probably post on the Facebook group, which 
Uh, you can find just look for Podcast Brunch Club. There's a lot of Podcast Brunch Club Facebook groups, but look for the big one, the one with probably about 17, 1800 people in it, because there's also city chapter specific Facebook groups. I'll post it on Twitter. So find it's at Podcast Brunch. I will find all the ways I will let you know how to put your name in the hat for the raffle. So keep your eyes open for that, people. Awesome. That's my little announcement. Oh, it's a good one. Love seeing our podcast brunch club people in person that in from other chapters. That's so fun. Um, yeah. Oh, I also got to meet Aviva from our DC. Oh, chapter. fantastic! Even yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that sounds like a good DC podcast. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for joining us this month. We will be coming to your feed soon with those interviews that we talked about in this episode. And if they're not already out and we're happy to talk to you anytime. We said it about 17 times in this episode. Please contact us. Get in touch with us anytime through our websites, podcastbrunchclub.com or audiblefeast.com. And happy listening. Hey everyone, this is Steve. I'm the leader of the Minneapolis chapter of the Podcast Brunch Club, and I'm here with some info about the people who help make this show. First, we'd really like you to rate and review the PBC Podcast on your podcast player of choice. It's really helpful. The music you heard this month was from a couple of my favorite artists. First is a remix of Moe's Shop's song, Love Taste, by Blair. And the second is the song Sober, by Superb Liars. The music you heard during our ad was Mazel Gonna. Podcast Brunch Club is organized by the world-famous Adela. Adela's co-host on the podcast is Sarah De Silva, the leader of the Houston chapter of PBC and founder of Audible Feast. Lastly, audio editing is done by me, Steven Zampanti. You can connect with me on my website, conceptualpodcasting.com. Thanks, and happy listening. <laughs>